in an easy and non-forceful way. Let the thought that you're, what you're about to do is of great significance. Let it enter your mind, let it spread throughout your being without causing anxiety. But rather the thought brings about a sense of ease, a sense of tranquility. to the surface of your mind the reason why you are engaging in this activity called meditation. Let it stir in your mind until it becomes a strong determination. Fill it with all your passion. While you are at the same time feeling the energy, the energizing effect of this determination, at the same time it is bringing about a sense of tranquility to the mind and to the body. So let your whole being pick up onto, on, on this determination. Let your whole being rest in this determination. And gently, without forcing anything, just have your awareness sort of hover over the body, first being aware of your immediate environment and sensing within your immediate environment any element that is akin to tranquility and just rest <coughs> in that perception and allowing all other perceptions to just rest no need to fight them, no need to push them away. Just let them stay where they are, but rest in that sense of tranquility that you've made connection with. And staying with it in a palpable perception. Then bring your attention to the body staying connected with that sense of tranquility that you made contact with from, with your, from within your immediate environment. Then you bring your attention to the body and finding that same sense of tranquility or an element, a 
keen to the tranquility that you've made contact with within your immediate environment. Then you rest in that. And gently bring your attention to the body, especially to the legs. Just keeping your attention there, your mind holding on to your determination in the background, resting in that sense of ease that you make contact with. Finding an element akin to the sense of ease now within the legs, in connection with the legs. Allow yourself to rest again in that sense of ease. Then bring your attention to the arms and hands, the elbows and shoulders. Just have your perception sort of hover around the arms, the hands, and letting them be. Just holding on to your determination, what you are intending to do, what is this activity is about, resting in that sense of ease. And once you feel you've made connection with a sense of ease, now in connection with the arms and hands, you rest in this sense of ease. Like all the sense of ease that you've made connection with, piling up under you like a soft mattress. Then you bring your attention easefully to your torso in the back, just holding on to your determination, your awareness hovering close to your torso and your back, resting in that sense of ease. Let the back go. Let the torso go. Let it find its own sense of stability, its own sense of tranquility. And once you've made palpable connection with its sense of tranquility, you rest further into that sense of tranquility. Allow yourself to be aware of how the body is in the, in the same space where you, where you are aware of the body. How in that same space there's a different sense, a different perception of the body. Stabilizing your resting in the sense of ease, now in connection with the torso and the back. 
feeling in addition a sense of physical confidence. Now bring your attention to the head and neck. Doing the same thing, holding on to your determination. Just hovering your awareness close to the head and neck while resting in the sense of ease. center so you don't need to hold you don't need to have to hold your head and neck in place you've made connection with a sense of ease now in relation to the head and neck. Move your attention now to a more, much smaller object of perception. Now just the mouth, teeth and tongue. to the eyes, move your attention to the eyes, if opening the eyes enhances further the sense of ease, then opening the eyes is good for you, but if opening the eyes bring a sense of degeneration in the sense of ease, then opening the eyes is not for you. Perhaps you can have the eyes closed or half opened. Choose the one that further enhances the sense of ease. And continue to allow that new sense of the body to become more and more prominent within the field of your perception without forcing it, without turning away from anything, without grasping, without pushing. sense of confidence that as soon as you make the determination to engage in meditation 
everything around you, everything within you is participating. Participating in helping you achieve your objective. bring your attention to the breath, still holding on to your determination, allowing the sense of ease to enhance and make clearer your determination, and the clarity and the strength of the determination enhances further the sense of ease. And as you observe the breath, your only intention is to simply observe the breath. As you breathe in, know you are breathing in. As you breathe out, know you are breathing out. After establishing a sense of stability in observing the breath in this way, then you add the intention to keep the flow of your awareness on the breath unbroken while you observe the breath for 11 cycles. And no need to feel, to force the mind to focus, no need to chase away distractions no need to control the breath. Let the breath be, let the mind be, and then simply hold on to that determination, hold on to your intentions, and stay aware of that ease upon which you are resting.
extend that sense of ease. Bring your attention to the space in front of you at the level of your eyebrows. And invoke the presence of your infallible guide, the definite means through which you will without a doubt achieve the objective of your determination. Reminding yourself that this luminous presence that you're sensing in that space in front of you is your infallible guide. Find within you whatever measure of conviction you have that this is so. No matter how slight it may be, hold on to it. It comes up through simply saying without questioning that this is your infallible guide in that space. And once you're able to ho hold on to it and express your reverence, your gratitude, place your trust, place your dependence, Accept the protection and guidance Again, bring forth the sense of the significance of what you're doing and make a strong determination to let go of whatever you need to let go of that is obstructing you, that has been obstructing you, and that will continue to obstruct you from achieving your aim and using the power of devotion and the power of compassionate sympathy. Turn to your infallible guide for strength so that you can do so.
doing this until you feel the strength of your determination. Directed towards abandoning whatever behavior in terms of how you relate with others, how you relate with yourself, the kind of thoughts you entertain in your mind, the kind of speech you allow yourself to say, the kind of actions you allow yourself to take. confidence about this determination directed towards abandoning. Now direct this determination towards taking up whatever behavior you need to take up in terms of how you relate with yourself, how you relate with others, how you, what thoughts you should allow in your mind, how you should exercise your speech what kind of actions you should do, thinking that these will actually help you achieve your goal. Make a strong determination to take them up. And again, rely on compassionate sympathy, loving sympathy, and your infallible guide for strength. Simply observe the sense of tranquility you've reached. Be aware, of, be mindful of how the tranquility is experienced in the body, how it is being experienced in the breath, especially how it is being palpably being experienced in the mind.
gently bring your attention to the breath, the more physical breath, the breath where you feel temperature of warmth and coolness and through the awareness of the breath become aware of the body, the dense physical body. Whenever you wish to, you can stretch your legs. Okay, so the topic for today. <laughs> mm. I don't even know where to begin. Uh, I have a sense of this topic from uh, Buddhism, not because there are specific lectures or specific uh, uh, teachings on it, but it's touched upon here and there in this sutra, that sutra, and because of the different, what are called different, uh, the different uh, schools that exist in Buddhism, so they might, there exist different approaches to it. Uh, so the Buddha's uh, the path that the, the path that the Buddha left for us to uh, for us to walk is sort of divided into two: those who are in relationships and those who are not in relationships. For those who are in relationships, there's a particular uh, there's a particular path, a set of behavior that you're supposed to have. And for those who are in relationship, the Buddha didn't touch much about uh, touch much didn't talk, talk much uh, about that. So in terms of uh, there's one sutta where the Buddha is talking about how is it that so-and-so happened to meet in a certain life. Wh what is it? I guess the question, what karma brought certain people together? And the Buddha didn't do much in terms of... Uh, he didn't give us exactly the kind of <laughs> answer we would like to hear. But what he did was mention uh, it depends on couple of things. Uh, it depends on what kind of activities you are, you are sort of, um, what kind of activities that you're engaged in doing together. Especially if you're engaged in activities, you will definitely uh, sure to meet again in some uh, future life if you are in, the, in, the, in, in a past life or in a present life, are engaged in virtuous activities together. Okay. If you're engaged in virtu virtuous activities together, 
then in the future life when you meet, it will be more harmonious. And, and of course that depends on to what degree you are able to do this uh, you are a- engage in these virtuous activities together to what degree, to what extent and in terms of also if you took vows together vows in terms of uh, what you might call uh, uh, virtuous behavior okay? if you, if you, if it depends on if you decided to do certain set together so that will determine whether or not you will meet later on in a future life in a more harmonious uh, uh, meeting. Okay. And the other thing also depends on dedication. If while you're doing this and you're uh, seeing the benefit of doing this, and you're, uh, that is, if you're engaging in these uh, virtuous activities together and you dedicate that, oh, in the future, may we continue to do this. May we meet again to continue to do this in the future. Then, that will sort of add an extra uh, power to that, uh, to that, to that uh, potential, so that you definitely, again, will meet in the future. Uh, so, the, ideal, the idea of uh, soulmate, soulmate uh, I, I heard that term actually, uh, when I heard it, I thought it was the first time that term was actually being said. Uh, <laughs> as if you know, I, I'm, my generation is a lucky generation. So we've come up with this uh, term together. Uh, but I'm sure that thing, that that term must have been used many, 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 uh, many thousands of years earlier. But when I first encountered it, it felt like I was hearing it for the first. Uh, not, not that not that I was hearing it for the first time, but my, it, it was being it was created for the first time, okay. And there were a lot of different kinds of ideas about what this soulmate is supposed to be. And I think one of the ideas that we got about soulmate, or that I was getting from the term when, I, when it was hitting me, was somehow in this beginningless uh, 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 universe, this beginningless existence, uh, somehow two a, a couple were sort of like cut together. Like they were made together, okay, and, and somehow people were uh, being sentient beings were made in pairs, and then somehow through some cosmic accident or through some cosmic whatever they got separated, and then now they're looking for each other again. And then looking for your soulmate is like looking for that part of you that since the creation of the cosmos you were created together, and now somehow you got separated because of the Big Bang. I guess must have blown. <laughs> Thrown, thrown each other uh, far distant from each other and, and travel galaxies and time and we've finally we've, we're supposed to find each other. But unfortunately, uh, we don't know the other person's name. <laughs> we can't say, are you so-and-so? Sorry, you're not the person I'm looking for. Uh, but we're sort of like supposed to just, uh, you know, uh, sort of like feel it. Okay? And when we're supposed to find it, it's supposed to, ah, that's the person. And sometimes we feel that we meet someone and we feel so connected to that person, we feel, ah, that might, must be the person. And after some time, that feeling dies and we tell ourselves, I guess this wasn't the person. Should we go look for someone else? So that idea is, um, I have to say, is misleading. 
and make people uh, not so much work at creating it. Okay, you have to you have to you have to you have to think that this is something that you make. Yes, there can be such a thing as a soulmate, someone that you meet life after life, life after life, where your partners and life after life after life. But it's something that you have to make, something that you, you have to bring the condition the conditions together. And the, one of those two conditions is you have to engage in virtuous activities together. You have to dedicate, you have to almost spontaneously want to continue to do these virtuous activities together in the future. And there are other activities also, other, other attitudes that you must have in your mind. You must be willing to completely let this person go. There mustn't be the, at, the attitude of grasping the person grasping at the person. Now I found you, I'm not going to let you go, I'm going to put you in a cage, and you're going to stay with me no matter what. Okay? <laughs> this attitude actually is push, it pushes the other person away. Even though the other person may not be consciously aware of it. But since we are, by our very, uh, one of the ways you can define our nature is pure freedom. When you act, when you, when you think, when you, have, when you hold on to emotions, that seems to contradict this nature, you, you sort of uh, uh, make the person want to, wants to go away because you want to do something against their nature. You want to trap them. Okay. Even though they may not consciously relate that to you, even though you may not yourself consciously uh, communicate that to them. But you have a, if you have the attitude of grasping at the person, that is, you're not creating a condition for soulmate. And you must be completely, truly, fully willing to allow the person to have whatever the person needs to be happy, even if it means that you must, you must let go of that person. If, if you genuinely feel that letting this person go will make, make this person happy, this is creating the condition for soulmate. Uh, so that's sort of two things uh, I've said in, uh, in, uh, together. The non-grasping, completely wanting to let the person go, and genuinely wishing, uh, genuinely having a genuine concern for the other person's happiness, even if it means you are not in the picture for this person to have this happiness. Okay? You must genuinely have this. Uh, so, where in the scriptures, or where in the uh, Buddha's teaching, did I get this idea that there can be such thing as soulmates? It's actually from the Buddha's life itself. Uh, what was the Buddha's wife's name in this life? In the, well, in the life that he had when he... Was it Maya? No, that was his mother. mother. Sue something. No, Sujata was the, was the one who gave him the rice milk. It was a beautiful name. Sudata. Maybe the maybe the name might come. Well, anyway, in some when the Buddha faced uh, when the Buddha made the first recall, the first determination, I am going to be a Buddha. I understand what it means. I understand it means traveling through life after life after life, and I'm I'm determined to become a Buddha myself. When he made that determination, uh, the Buddha at the time, uh, in whose presence he made this, he wanted to make a, an offering to, to the Buddha. 
and he didn't have anything to offer. So he met this lady on his way there, and this lady had these beautiful flowers. And he, say, and he asked the lady, can you give me these flowers? Because I need to, I need, I need to make an offering to, uh, the, to the enlightened one, to an enlightened one who's, who's come here. And the and lady struck, uh, made a, a bargain with him. Say, I will give it to you only if you promise that in life, in all your future lives, until you become a Buddha, when you have a wife, it should be me. <laughs> now, it sounds like a... <laughs> Doesn't sound too good, but, <laughs> but that's one of the conditions. So the Buddha accepted, and the Buddha didn't just accept. He said, "Well, I'm going to use this." What he said, "He got the flowers. I'm going to, I'm going to use this lady for the flowers. I'm going to make a promise to her." But at that time, they both understood the virtuous nature of this activity. And then she wanted, she didn't just want to, so that's a nice guy, uh, I, I want to make sure I'm going to be with this guy forever. But it was more in a sense of, uh, that's a very noble, very noble uh, uh, intention. I want to help. I don't want you have to be with someone who's, where it's going to be difficult for you when the time comes for you to make a decision to, I need to go meditate. Okay? I want you to have somebody who will, who will always understand you. And the Buddha says, okay, I want somebody who will always understand me. So this person, so, this, so they had a, a, a mutual agreement to, to be partners where they're going to be helping each other spiritually. And, of course, uh, the, uh, later on the Buddha started to realize that they've met before in other lives and they've uh, engaged in virtuous activities together in other lives. That's why they were able to meet at that opportune time to be able to make such a, such a, make such a vow with one another. Okay. So that's why I get the idea that, ah, there is such a thing as soulmates. Because in the, in the life of the Buddha, it, that's how it is described that every, in every, when the Buddha was a bodhisattva, in every life, when he had a wife, it was always this one, the same, it was always the same being. Okay. And uh, I have to find the name. <laughs> Beautiful name too. There's a D in there. <laughs> it's a three syllables. Ah, this beautiful mystery with memory. Remembering all these things that surround it except the thing itself. <laughs> there's, there's that. Yeah. What? Uh, <laughs> Yashodar. 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 So there's that D. Yashodara. <laughs> yeah. So Yashodara. Beautiful name, huh? I don't think I've, I don't think uh, anyone ever. I don't think I've ever met anyone uh, who has that name nowadays. It was a unique name just for that, for just for her. Yeah. So Yashodara was the wife of the Buddha, and they made that pact together. Okay. So. And the Buddha, in one of his sutras, sort of explained how is it that people uh, are sure to encounter each other in future lives. And, and it's, it's engaging in virtuous activities together. Okay. And then dedicating that virtuous activity to meet again. Okay. So they are soulmates, not in a sense that when the cosmic mm. bang happened and, and you are together and you are separated, but more in a sense that you nurture it, you create it. 
So in every situation, that means in every situation when you meet someone, if you're honest about your relationship, if you're sincere about your relationship, even though this person at that moment is not that person yet, you're creating the condition for you to meet that person. And maybe this person that you are with right now, maybe they're not that person yet, but that person can become that person in some future, either in the, sometime in, the, in, this, in this life, in the future, or sometime in some future life. But you have to maintain a sense of honesty, a sense of openness with that person, okay? And sincerity with that person. And if you engage in virtuous activities together, then you are definitely to meet in the future. And then maybe that person might be, uh, if the love is sincere, if the, if the uh, 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 relating is, is honest and open, this person might be the one to finally, ah, I know who you're supposed to meet. I, somehow this person gets the, the insight as, as to whom you're supposed to, this person is supposed to be for you. And this person, because they love you sincerely, will let you go to find what will make you happy. And, and you might be the one also to find, oh, this is, I think I have the insight, this is the person for you who's supposed to be with you in that way. And then because you really love that person, you let that person go so that person can be really happy. And that will make you happy. And that will bring joy in your life. And then doing that will definitely make it possible for you to meet that, that you have created the condition for you to meet that person in the future, that soulmate, perhaps uh, the same way the Buddha had. Okay. And I'm not sure exactly how, uh, I mean, it is, it is accepted, all this is accepted in all the levels of teachings, but I'm not sure to what, up to what level it is uh, talked about in the secret teachings. And that's what I can say about the secret teachings. <laughs> okay? But it is, it is accepted, and I'm not sure exactly when. Okay. Uh, so a lot of things that we have in this life comes from dedications, especially the good things that we have. And the dedication doesn't necessarily have to be where you consciously say to yourself, oh, I'm about to do an act of dedication. Let me not put the words together. That would make it a dedication. But the dedication has to be with you what you sincerely desire, what you sincerely wish. That's where you make the dedications. Okay. All right. I did it. <laughs> it's not quite clear. It's not quite, uh, well, I don't know. But that's what I got from the, the books. And then, of course, I had my most incredible teacher. My most incredible teacher on the topic was Tukten Jimba, and he and he said a lot of other things that well, I can say once in a while here and there, because I I when it comes to relating, when it comes to having loving relationship with each other, with, with uh, two beings having loving relationships, I have there's no teacher who's higher than Tukten Jimba. Right. I mean, there might be some other ones, but they're all incorporated in Tutin Jimba. <laughs> and it's not because I'm not biased. It's just a fact. <laughs> yes? Is this the, the Jimba we know as the tall... Yeah, it's the tall walking smile. The walking smile. Yeah. Yes, okay. Uh, okay. Um, 
So we're going to go and get into doing uh, the meditation where, uh, what was it called? They have a name for it. Where you, in your mind, create the situation and see yourself acting in that situation. They have a name for this kind of exercise. Uh, visualization. visualization? I mean, it involves visualization, but it's a specific kind of visualization. Uh, I mean, the crude way of saying it is, is you know, do as if, the as if, the as if uh, uh, method, okay? So, and it's a very powerful way of actually modifying your behavior, especially in, in, in uh, certain situations where it is difficult for you to bring about to bring up the kind of behavior that you want, where it's automatic, one way. Whether either you're overly attached or overly uh, on, the, on, the, on the other side of attachment. Okay? So you want to, you, you visualize yourself in that situation and you see yourself behaving the way you ought to behave. Okay? Now, in, to make that more effective, you have to actually, in the, in the as if uh, method, to actually bring about the sentiment that you need at that time that will, uh, that, will, uh, that will inform or motivate your action. Okay. So we're going to do what we did last time. Uh, uh, have the intention in mind, set in one side, sort of visualize ourselves in that, in that perfect, in, uh, embodying that perfect uh, behavior, bring that into our, into our heart, and sort of let it, let it sit, let it permeate in our being, and then see ourselves in that situation, that, in that somewhat difficult situation with a difficult person where automatically we are behaving in a way that we don't want to behave. But before we see ourselves with that person, sort of see ourselves with someone where it's easy to bring about the, the, kind of beha- the kind of behavior that we want. And really stay connected with that behavior. Really feel it. Really feel the sense of love. Really feel the sense of compassion. And then slowly uh, replace that person with that, with that difficult person. And while you're replacing the other person, try to hold on to the sense of compassion that you're feeling. And of course, thoughts, uh, emotions will, will come up trying to, uh, th- that are sort of an automatic, don't fight them, but just try to hold on to that, to that sense. And you can re, re uh, Recall the words, you know, the, the four, the four me, uh, kind of, uh, four kinds of uh, attitudes that will help bring about the, 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 the emotion of compassion, the attitude of compassion. It's thinking how wonderful it would be, thinking, making a strong wish, may it be, may it be. And then saying, I will do it. Now I, I'm sort of switching the, uh, the order for the last two. And then saying, I'm begging your, your guru to please bless me to be able to do it. Okay? You can switch the two if you want to, okay? depending on which one will make it stronger for you. Okay? Which one will leave? When you leave, when you leave one of them, which one makes the, the sentiment stronger within you? Okay? So for compassion, it's wishing... Uh, uh, suffering to go away, wishing the person to be free of suffering and the causes of suffering. For love, for the person to find happiness 
and uh, to find the causes of happiness. And uh, uh, for uh, what's it called? For joy, is there are two ways: is to wish that the person uh, be fru- uh, not lose the happiness that they have. Okay, or you can wish that may the may the person have uh, may the person have joy in seeing others happy. So that's the that's the that's the first one. I want, and, you, and you let your mind fantasize. Let it, let the fantasy go. I wonder if it would be if the person was free. And you can think about different kinds of difficult situations this person is involved in, or different kinds of uh, contentment, the happiness that this person would like to have. Okay, uh, and think about a kind of happiness that they have that you would like them to keep. Things like that. Okay. <coughs> and then you make a strong wish, a strong willing wish. May they come to have it. May so and so come to be free of such and such uh, difficulty. May so and so come to have uh, such and such happiness. And if you cannot think of a difficulty or a happiness that is connected with this person, think about your own, and then superimpose that on, on, on the other person. Okay, so that it might feel more, uh, uh, more, it may have more uh, sense, a palpable feeling for you. Okay, and the third one you can switch. The third and the fourth is to sort of. Say, I will make it happen. I will make it happen. Or beg the guru, please bless me to be able to make it happen. Bless me to be able to take away the, the, the happiness, the, the, the difficulty. Bless me to be able to give that person uh, the happiness that they want, and so, so on and so forth. So yeah, those are the four. So you can think of these words if it's kind of difficult for you to just hold on to the, to, to the sentiment. So help, let the words help you hold on to the sentiment while, mm-hmm. you, hold, while you have the person feel the person's presence in front of you, okay? And then you continue with this until there's a genuine sense of compassion for this person, a genuine sense of love, a genuine deep concern for this person's welfare. And you allow this, this sentiment to fill you, to, to completely fill you up, okay? Until you feel a sense of joy and the, the sense of elation that you felt in the meditation, you actually feel it expanding and enhancing, Right? That was kind of a long explanation. Are you going to walk us through this? Or <laughs> like, okay, step one? Uh, I'm going to... Or just go, like, you're going to just go, like, okay, bing, do all of it. Yeah, I'm going to basically say, yeah, do it yourself. <laughs> okay. Because for different people, they may stay on the step one longer than others. So I don't want to uh, say step two when you're already on step three, or you're not ready for step two yet. Okay, so you know, so you know what they are, right? One more time. Okay, one more time. Someone that you have difficulty with. Someone that you have difficulty. Yeah. Okay. Should should some people concentrate on themselves first in doing this, or? <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! If yeah. If you, I mean, if, if, if you're the person you have difficulty with, <laughs> then bring that up. <laughs> and, if it's too, and if you are just too difficult for yourself, then bring up that, that other person that's kind of uh, easy. Because some people have that, right? Like, it, it, you find yourself, uh, it's easier for you to love some certain one individual than to love yourself. Like maybe your child, for example. So you bring your child up. I mean, you feel, and you want to just want to feel the sentiment, that you want to make the love palpable, not just word, not just an abstract, so that you can 
refer to that sentiment when you, when, when you, when you have yourself at that difficult person, or you're having that same sentiment, or you're having that same sense of worthy, yes, you are worthy of that sentiment, okay? And feeling it for yourself also, all right? So, the ideal loving, bring into your heart, and then think of the, uh, the, the, pers- the person who's already, I- you already have, it's easy for you to have it with, just, you just want to have the feeling of it, the palpable feeling of it. Then the visualizing of the situation. Perhaps it's a situation for you where you find, it, you, you find it difficult for you to be with yourself. Okay, if it's yourself. Okay, and you want to substitute. And then you use those words to help, help you hold on to the sentiment of love or compassion. Okay? How wonderful it would be if you were free of such and such and such. How wonderful it would be if you had such and such, realized such and such aspiration and feeling happy for yourself. Okay? May it happen, may it happen, may it happen. And then those last two you can switch. I'm going to make it happen. Okay? And then when you, when for yourself, you can sort of like uh, see yourself as the same way you saw the other. Okay? And then, Guru, please bless me to be able to do this. Right? You got it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 All right. It's past eight thirty. All right. As you are sort of arranging your posture, recall the sense of uh, recall how you felt when you reached that level of tranquility. Just recall it as vividly as you can. until you can actually feel it then hold on to it by simply continuing to recall it while you observe five cycles of breath As you continue to do this meditation over and over again, of course, you will experience boredom and all that kind of stuff. And just know that's part of it. It doesn't mean that you're, you're a horrible, me- horrible meditator and 
it's not good for you. But with this meditation, just like in any other meditation, you continue until you reach what is called Chitto Vimutti, which is a, a sense of mental release, a mental freedom, like something is freed in your mind, in your being. And you experience this as a burden lifted, a vast, a, a sense of vastness, a vast joy. And within that space of that joy is that love, and nothing but that love. And then you know you have reached the end of this meditation. Chitto Vimutti.
within that sense of tranquility that you've reached. And I think how wonderful of a gift it would be to be able to give this tranquility to someone, to a situation, to a place. Connect with that one, connect with that place, with that event, with your compassion, with your love. And through the power of that love, through the power of that compassion, make a gift of this tranquility that you're experiencing. attention again back to the physical breath. And through the awareness of the physical breath, feeling the warmth and cool, feeling the passage of the breath, and become aware of the physical body again from the crown of your head all the way to the soles of the feet. 